Lord, we just come before you and ask you to bless this time that we have together and guide us as we look at this uh, section in Numbers and let us see what you'd have us to see. And we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Numbers chapter 3, starting at verse 1. These are the generations of Aaron and Moses in the day that the Lord spoke unto Moses in Mount Sinai. And these are the names of the sons of Aaron and Nadab. Nadab, the firstborn, Abihu, Eleazar, Ithamar, and these are the names of, son, of the sons of Aaron, the priest which were anointed, whom he consecrated to minister in the priest's office. And Nadab and Abihu died before the Lord when they offered strange fire before the Lord in the wilderness of Sinai, and they had no children. And Eleazar and Ithamar ministered in, in the priest's office in the sight of Aaron and their father, spoken to Moses, saying, Bring the tribe of Levi near and present them before Aaron the priest, that they may minister unto him. And they shall keep his charge and the charge of the whole congregation before the tabernacle of the congregation to do service for the tabernacle. And they shall keep all the instruments of the tabernacle and the congregation and the charge of the children of Israel to do service unto the tabernacle. And you shall give the Levites unto Aaron and to his sons, they are wholly given unto him of the, out of the children of Israel. And you shall appoint Aaron and his sons, and they shall wait on the priest's office, and the stranger that comes nigh shall be put to death. So we're going to stop at verse 10 there. Uh, if you remember in the first two chapters, the Levites were not counted in the 603,550 people. And does anybody remember why? They're not warriors. Um... Well, more, more to the point is that they were given to God as the firstborn, as we're going to see it as we get to into this chapter. They, they're going to be, they were chosen by God. Remember in Exodus it said that he had taken the Levites instead of all the firstborn. And we're going to see that happening here, officially here in Numbers. Uh, so it starts out and it says, The names of Aaron's sons, Nadab, the firstborn, Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar, and they were the ones that are consecrated to minister in the priest's office, and only Aaron's sons can be priests. The Levites will serve in the tabernacle in the temple, but only the Aaron's sons can be priests. And Nadab and Abihu died before the Lord when they offered strange fire before the Lord in the wilderness in Sinai, and they had no children. Do you remember the story of Adab and Abihu? Yeah, they made their own fire. They brought in the wrong fire. They did things... Officially, they did things their way on the yeah, on the first day of service, and possibly were drunk, and you know they were they were definitely not doing things correctly, and you know, we we covered that over two weeks, you know, the first day of service of Aaron and his sons, and the strange fire literally means that it's fire that is loathsome or unapproved, also has the idea of being unauthorized, and um, so. He lost two of his four sons because of their misbehaving on their first day of, of work, and they were executed. That's what this die means here. It literally means executed. And um, so, and they had no children, so they died, you know, they died without, without a line, line to follow them. And so we go on to verse 6. Bring the tribe of Levi near and present them before Aaron the priest, that they may minister... And listen to, look at who they're ministering to. Unto him, Aaron. 
Their job was to do what Aaron needed done in the tabernacle and, in the tem and, and, and later on what his sons would need done in the temple. The Levites actually weren't ministering directly to God. They, they worked indirectly to God by taking care of everything that Aaron needed done, but their job was to minister to Aaron. And uh, minister, of course, means to serve. And this is what the Aaron and his sons were to do. They were to serve God through the offering of the altar at the altars. And the Levites were to serve Aaron, take care of all the, the stuff that needed to be taken care of in the temple, or in this case, the tabernacle. And it says, And they shall keep his charge, and the charge of the whole congregation before the tabernacle of the congregation to do service of, do the service of the tabernacle. And charge here is an old English word. It literally means to be responsible for an office or for a watch. Uh, we, we still use it a little bit in, the, in, in this day in the military and, and the police. They have charge over an area. And that means it's their job to watch what's going on and see what's happening and, and, and take charge of, of all the obligations of it. And they are to labor in the temple. And then in verse 8, they, And they shall keep all the instruments of the tabernacle of the congregation and the, and the charge of the children of Israel to do the service of the tabernacle. And the instruments would include the, the forks and the hooks and the, the pans to pull the ashes out of the fire and, and the ash cans. And, you know, they kept everything cleaned and polished. Uh, if you've ever dealt with brass, you know that it does not stay shiny very long. It'll lose its shine quickly. And silver will tarnish as well. So they had a very busy time to do all their work. And you shall give the Levites to Aaron and to his sons that they are wholly given unto him out of the children of Israel. So this is quite a, quite a group of people that are given to the responsibility of the priests and to be taken care of by the priest. In verse 10, and, thou, and you shall appoint Aaron and his sons and they shall wait on the priest's office and the stranger that comes nigh shall be put to death. And this is... The area that the priests are mostly responsible for is going to be the Holy of Holies and the Holy Place. And no stranger, and stranger here is not just somebody who's not a Jew. This is anybody who's been estranged. And you remember sometimes we, were, we had those sins where the people were to be cut off from amongst their people? Yeah. They would be under this list of strangers. They were not allowed to come before God. They were not allowed to be part of the congregation. And if they came by, they were to be executed. And this was the priest's job to do, to keep the holy and the holy of holies pure and, and cleaned out. And if somebody was loathsome, that means they estranged, they were to be put to death. And verse 11, And then the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, and I, behold, I have taken the Levites from among the children of Israel instead of the firstborn that openeth the matrix among the children of Israel, even therefore the Levites shall be mine, because all the firstborn are mine. For on the day that I smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, I hallowed unto me all the firstborn of Israel, both man and beast shall be mine, shall they be, I am the Lord." So we want to look at this, uh, go, take a quick look back at Exodus chapter 13. 
and verse 2. Sanctify unto me all the firstborn, whatsoever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and of beast, it is mine. So this is when God said that he owned all the firstborns. So this is, this is God's claim. He owns the firstborn, and he's going to say it again later on in chapter 13. In, chap in, in Exodus, he says that the firstborn are his. They have to be sanctified. And remember that if they didn't want to give their first, you know, if they had a lamb or a cow or something they really wanted, they had to pay money to be able to keep it. They had to redeem it. If it was an unclean animal, remember what they had to do to an unclean animal by any chance? They took it. If they didn't want to, if they didn't want to kill it, the if they didn't want to redeem it, they had to kill it. They had to break its neck. And they took it out. They took it out of the camp. Yeah. All right. So we look at this, and he says in verse twelve, "Behold, I have taken the Levites from among the children of Israel instead of the firstborn that opened the matrix or the womb." And so he says, I've, instead of the firstborn, I'm taking the Levites. The entire tribe of Levite became his. And that would be for all time that they became his. And so he has developed his own group. Now this would be very interesting. If you were born in, their, in, their, in, in Israel and you were a Levite, you automatically became a servant within the temple or the tabernacle during this period of time. Whether you wanted to or not didn't matter. You were in the, in the service of the tabernacle. And we're going to see what their jobs would be in a little bit because each, each family within the Levites had jobs. And we want to notice the other thing I wanted to bring out in verse 4, bring out here was that they are still in the wilderness of Sinai. Okay, so we're still within that first 11-month period of, of their, since they left uh, Egypt. Verse 14, And the Lord spoke unto Moses in the wilderness of Sinai, saying, Number the children of Levi after the house of their fathers by their families. Every male from a month old and upward shall you number them. And, the, and Moses numbered them according to the word of the Lord as he commanded. Okay, how old was the youngest people that were numbered in the other tribes? Twenty. Twenty years old. Okay, they were, the war, they, were, they were going out to war. They wanted to know how many people do we have available to go to war. And you notice for the Levites, they're being, ordered, they're being counted from one month onward. So there's quite a difference there. And part of that is because you can serve in the temple without being, being old. A month is maybe a little young, but when they can start walking, they can do things. And back in those days, pretty much, you know, it's not so long ago that if a child was old enough to walk and talk, they were put to work. Mm -hmm. Four and five years old, you went off to work. And if nothing else, you worked on the family's farm. You know, and not like our days where kids loll around until they're 20 or 30 and then try to find a job. Uh, verse 15, the number of the children of Levi after the house of their fathers, every male a month old and upward shall you number. And Moses numbered them according to the word of the Lord. Verse 17, and these were the sons of Levi by, by their names, Gershon and Koath and Merari. And these are the names of the sons of Gershon by their families, Libni and Shei, and the sons of Koath by their families, Amram and Izahar, Hebron and Uziel, and the sons of Merari by their families, Mali and Mushil. And these are the families of the Levites according to the house of their fathers. So we have just a small number of 
families being represented by the Levites. Three main ones with a few grandkids. Of the Gershons was the family of Libnites and their family of the Shimites, and these are the families of the Gershonites. Those were the, that were numbered of them according to the number of all the males from a month old and upward, even those that were numbered of them were 7,500. And the families of the Gershonites shall pitch behind the tabernacle on the west side. So they're going to be, they're going to be pitched uh, on this picture that we gave you last week over on the west side under the, under the banner of Ephraim or the, the ox. And it's Ephraim, Manasseh, and Benjamin on that side. All right, so they're camped on that, but they're, they're camped between the tribe and the tabernacle. The, the Levites and, the, and Moses and Aaron are going to form a circle around the, the tabernacle, and then the tribes will be beyond them. And of the house of the father of the Gershonites shall be Eli Asaf, the son of Lael, and the charge of the sons of the Gershon in the tabernacle of the congregation shall be the tabernacle and the tent and the covering thereof and the hanging for the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, the hangings of the court, the curtains and the door of the court, which are, is by the tabernacle and by the altar around about and the cords and all of the service thereof. Okay, so the Gershonites are going to be taken. If you remember, they, they've got everything that makes the tent. <laughs> And all the curtains. So they've got, a, they've got all the cloth. Basically, they've got all the cloth. And that's, all, that's quite a bit. They've got all this stuff that's covering everything. And that is what they're going to be responsible for every time they break down the tabernacle. They will take down the curtains around the, around the whole place. They'll take the cords that belong to those curtains. They'll take the door down. They'll take the, they'll take the the covering, and remember there's five layers of covering on that on the tabernacle. Does anybody remember what they represent? The seven. Blood. Blood is one of them. Sin. Sin. Um, royalty. Okay. The very first one is the one that has man in his perfection. That's the blue and the gold and the red and all of that. The next one was black for sin. Red for, red for uh, the blood, the white for the perfection, and then the covering was the porpoise skins and the covering being Jesus, okay? So we're going back and we're trying to remember those things as we go into this. And so we've got all those pieces that are, that are they're responsible for five coverings over the tabernacle, all of the, the coating and the covering around about it. So the, Gersh, the Gershonites have quite a bit to carry when they move. And... There's 7,500 of them to carry all of that stuff. All right. Verse, uh, where did I leave off? 27. And the Korath was the family of the Amramites and the children and the family of the Izharites and the family of Hebron and the children of the Uzoites. These are the families of the Kohites. In the number of all the males in a month old and upward were 8,600 keeping charge of the sanctuary. And the families of the sons of the Kohath shall pitch their pitch on the side of the tabernacle southward. So they're under the, under the standard of Reuben. And there's Reuben, Simeon, and Gad on that side. And the chief of the house of the fathers of the Kohathites shall be 
Eliezer, the son of Uziel, and their charge shall be the ark, the table, the candlestick, the altars, and the vessels of the sanctuary within, wherewith they minister, and the hangings of all the service thereof. All right, so they're responsible for the Ark of the Covenant, the table of showbread, and the candlestick, and all the altars. And how are those things going to be carried? By hand. By hand. They've got the slots for the staves to go in. Yeah, carefully. Okay? So they're responsible for everything that's inside the holy place and the holy of holies is going to be their responsibility. And then verse 32, And Eliezer, the son of Aaron the priest, shall be the chief over the chief of the Levites and, and have oversight of them and keep charge of the sanctuary. So Eliezer had, on top of all of his other priestly duties, he had to keep tabs on what everybody was doing when they moved, make sure that they did it right. So he's, got, he's, he's been elevated himself. And Eliezer is the eldest of the sons of Aaron left alive. Of Merari was the family of the Maalites and the family of the Mushites and the family were the family of the Merari. And those that were numbered of them according to their number and all the males a month old and upward were 6,200. And the chief of their house was of their family of the Merari was Zuriel, the son of Abihail, those shall pitch on the side of the northward side of the tabernacle. So they're under the, under the banner of Dan, and it's Dan, Naphtali, and Asher that they're going to be under. And under the custody and charge of the sons of the Merari shall be the boards of the tabernacle, and the bars thereof, and the pillars thereof, and the and the sockets, and all the vessels thereof, and all that serve thereon, and all the pillars of the temple around about, and their sockets, and their pins, and their cords. Okay, so they get, they get a real fun job. They get to carry all those boards. <laughs> they get to carry all the wood. <laughs> and the sockets. What are the sockets? Brass. Some of, most of them are brass until you're in the tabernacle. There's, they're, they're what the poles stand in, and the pieces of wood get locked into. And then there's the poles that connect everything all together. And then they get covered by the skins that, the, that are going to be carried by the Gershonites. So they've got, they've got quite a heavy job. They get to carry all the boards, all the woods. The other guys get to carry the tents. And that's pretty tough to carry. If you've ever tried to carry canvas and, and cloth any distance, that's a pretty tough thing to carry. Uh, the boards are actually, even though they're heavier, probably easier to carry than than all the cloth, even if you put it into duffel bags and everything, it's still bulky and, and things that are bulky are hard to carry around. But those that encamp before the tabernacle toward the east, even before the tabernacle of the covenant congregation eastward, shall be Moses, Aaron, and his sons, keeping charge of the sanctuary for the charge of the children of Israel, and the stranger that comes nigh shall be put to death. So. Moses is going to be on the east side with Aaron and Aaron's sons and any of Moses' children. And that's under the flag of Judah. And Judah, Issachar, and Zebulun. And they're going to be on the east side, which also is the side that the door opens to the tabernacle. The tabernacle opens toward the east, uh, toward the rising sun. 
All that were numbered of the Levites, which Moses and Aaron numbered at the commandment of the Lord throughout their families, all the males from a month old and upward, were 22,000. Okay, so this one tribe is 22,000 people, and that's the Levites. Okay, any comments or questions up to this point? There's a lot of people. A lot of people here. So we got 22,000 just in the Jews. You got 603,550 uh, 603, men of war. And then, of course, you've got the wives and the young children. So we're still sitting up there. You know, it's been said that there's somewhere around 3 million people. And you figure that each of the guys, the men of war, probably are married. So you're at a million point, you know, a million point two easily just with them being married. And if they had one kid each, you're, you're, you're still looking up at about almost two million. And they probably had, you know, three or four kids, as, as you saw in most of these families that, that are listed. They've got three or four kids at their level. And then there's probably three or four kids each level down. So you've, we've seen a, a huge group of people. And Moses is their leader. And it's not like he's leading a country where everybody has their own home in their, in their multiple cities. This is a group that is in one big city. And when it's time to move, he's got to move all three, three and a half million people at the same time. And we've talked about that last week. That's a big, that would be a big job. I wouldn't even want to try to do it with all the equipment, radios, and everything we have today. It would be a pretty big job to move three and a half million people. You've got trucks, big trucks, so they can move faster. Yeah, well, I don't know. It'd still be pretty tough. You've got to get those people in the vehicles, uh, and they don't have those kind of vehicles. So, so this is this is quite a quite a deal. Yeah, no buses. Yeah, no buses. <laughs> you, you know, you no, might have you might have a handful of carts. You might have a handful of carts, but anybody with a cart is probably throwing their tent and their belongings in the cart, and maybe their kids. Yeah. Elderly people, they probably put them on those drags, you know? Yeah, they probably put them on something, yeah. Carts and stuff. All right, verse 40. And the Lord said unto Moses, Number all the firstborn males of the children of Israel from a month old and upward, and take the number of their names, and you shall take the Levites for me, I am the Lord, instead of all the firstborn among the children of Israel, and of the cattle of the Levites, instead of all the firstlings among the cattle of the children of Israel. And Moses numbered... As the Lord commanded him, all the firstborn among the children of Israel, and all the firstborn males by the number of their names, from a month old and upward, and those that were numbered of them were 22,273. Okay, so the next step, first they number all the Levites, they number 22,000, and God says, okay, now go out and number all the firstborns in the, in the, of the rest of the tribes. Okay. And why is he wanting to do that? Because he said in verse uh, 41, you shall take all the Levites for me instead of all the firstborn. Because remember, thir Exodus 13, 2, all the firstborn belong to God. And so he's saying, rather than take all the firstborns from all the different tribes, I'm just going to take the Levites. Okay? And so they go out and they number all the, all the males out there, the same number of males that they numbered with the Levites from one month old upward. And they found that the number of them was 22,273. And you notice he also said that he's going to take, instead of taking the firstborn of all the cattle of all the people, he's just going to take the cattle that belong to the Levites. All right? And they didn't even do, a, they didn't bother counting all that. They just said, God said, I'm just going to take these, whatever, you know, if I've got more, great. If I've got less, great. He's not, he's not uh, being very specific on this. 
So God is saying the firstborn belonged to him. Just as his firstborn child, Jesus, was going to be the substitute for all of the world on its sin and bring in a bride unto himself. So we see this happening here. Verse 44, And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Take the Levites instead of all the firstborn among the children of Israel, and the cattle of the Levites instead of all their cattle, and the Levites shall be mine. I am the Lord. And for those that are to be redeemed of the 273 of the firstborn of the children of Israel, which were more than the Levites, you shall even take five shekels apiece by pole after the shekel of the sanctuary, you shall take them. The shekel, the shekel is 20 gyeras. All right, so there was 273 more firstborns than there were Levites. Did you catch that? Okay, 22,000 Levites, 22,273 firstborns. And God says they are to be redeemed or ransomed. They are to be bought back because... There wasn't enough Levites to cover all of the firstborns. Mm -hmm. And God said in Leviticus that the firstborn needed to be, be given to God or redeemed. And he says, now we're going to redeem the, the remaining number. And the cost was five shekels apiece by the pole. And so this is kind of interesting. I'm not sure whether he was saying... Everybody pays five shekels because of these ones being redeemed or just 273, which would be utterly unfair because how would you pick which 273 would be the ones that needed to be redeemed? Do you see what I'm saying? I believe that he was redeeming all, that all 22,273 had to be redeemed, which put a little bit of money in the, in the coffer. Five shekels is approximately two and a half dollars. Uh, so it's not a lot of money. But it would be about $53,682 in our money. But nice little sum. How much? Huh? How much did you say? Approximately $55,682. Wow. Give or take, because shekel is approximately $250. So, I mean, it's, and it would depend on the given price at any time by our, our measures. So, and. So this is happening. God is saying, I need them redeemed. You're going to redeem them because they're mine. They belong to me, and if they're going to keep them away from me, they need to be redeemed. And when we're redeemed, we're put into God's service. And when are we redeemed is when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We admit our sins and, and know that we deserve punishment. We accept Jesus Christ. We are redeemed, and we are bought into the family to be doing service, whatever service God wants us to do. And this is what we have to keep in remembrance always. We are not our own. We are bought with a price. And when we're bought with that price, we belong to God, and we are God's to use any way he wants. And what's even stranger is we were his even before he bought us because he is the one that created everything. So when he redeems us, he, when he redeems us, he has bought us twice. He's, we were his to begin with, and we went into sin, and he says, now I'm going to buy you back. You're mine. You're, you're now doubly mine, in other words. I, you were mine because I, I gave you life. I created you, 
and now I bought you back. I have redeemed, I have paid the price to bring you into my possession. And this means we need to be ready to listen to God. I hear, hear many times, and I've even said it myself, I don't want to do something that I know God wants me to do. I don't have the right to tell him no. He's the Lord and the Master. He's the one that can say, go do this. You are mine. And we, we really, and I've said it over and over, we have no concept of Lord and Master in this, in this country because we don't, we don't think in those terms. We, we have a government. We don't like our government. Every two to four years, six years, we get to change. You know, in a period of six years, we can change everybody in the government and put new people in. Okay, and that's how we think. You know, nobody, nobody really has the right to tell us anything. We don't like, our, you know, we don't like what you're telling. We're just going to elect new people and put, put you out of business. And mm -hmm. Do we do it very often? No, but we have that right to do it. And as Americans, that's how we think. Nobody, nobody's going to tell me what to do. But God does not run a dictatorship, does not run a democracy. He actually runs a benign dictatorship. <laughs> He's in charge. And... He says, I am going to be the one that is going to say what needs to be done. And we need to learn to be able to say yes. <laughs> because in, in a benign dictatorship, if you say, no, I'm not doing what you tell me, they have the right to take your life. And God can do that. Now, he's gracious and merciful and usually does not take our life for disobedience. But, you know, he would be within his rights to do so. He is within his rights to say, I'm going to make things miserable for you. You tell me no, I'll make your life totally miserable. And sometimes he does, but mostly he doesn't. He gives us the right sometimes to say no, not being happy with us. <laughs> and then he bugs you until you do it. <laughs> yeah, and then, he, and then he makes it difficult for you until you do it. We will always end up saying yes to God if we're going to be honest with him. Eventually we will say yes. And if we're going to continually say no to the point of never saying yes, he's probably going to take us home and say, you're not doing what I need done. But eventually, we will usually say yes. And if you think back over your life, there's probably something God's asked you to do. And you, you may have said no for a period of time and maybe even years. And all of a sudden you said, I'm tired of fighting with this. And you decide to, okay, God, I give up. I'm going to do it your way. <laughs> and the great thing as we grow is we, we should learn to do it quicker. And we should learn to give up quicker because we keep losing over and over so that we say, okay, God, I'm not going to fight anymore. I'm just going to say yes. And when we get there, we make our life a lot happier. We may be doing a lot of strange things, things we never thought we would do, but, but God says, good, you're there. You're ready to serve. And here he is taking on all these Levites, and he says, the ones that are being bought, I want, to, I want you to be redeemed. I want you to ransom them. Just as he told us in Exodus and Leviticus, that the firstborns had to be redeemed. You, you, you had to be redeemed or given into his service or killed, depending on one, one of those three choices. So when you had your firstborn, your firstborn was delivered, you had to redeem it. And there was different levels of redemption. If you remember, they had to redeem them depending on how wealthy they were. And they would buy back. When it got down to the animals, you either redeemed them at full value, gave them to God as a sacrifice, or you killed them and nobody got them. If you didn't want it to go to God, which I don't know why you'd want, not want it to go to God if you weren't going to be able to redeem it. And if it was an unclean animal, you, you either redeemed it or killed it. You didn't have a chance for a sacrifice because it's not eligible as a sacrifice. 
Verse 48, and you shall give the money wherewith the odd number of them is to be redeemed unto Aaron and to his sons. And Moses took the redemption money of them that were over and above them that were redeemed by the Levites. Of the firstborn of the children of Israel, he took the money, a, a thousand three hundred and, and sixty-five shekels after the shekel of the sanctuary. And Moses gave the money to them of them that were redeemed unto Aaron and his sons according to the word of the Lord as the Lord had commanded Aaron. So the money that was collected for this redemption Moses, uh, <coughs> Moses did I say? You said Aaron. Oh, alright. Took the money for the th 237 that were above the redeemed amount and gave that money to Aaron. And remember the Levites, as we get further in the story, the Levites are not going to be given land. Okay, when they get to the promised land, they're not given land. They're given some refuge cities, and they're given charge of the tabernacle wherever it sits. So they, they literally are belonging to God, and they're not going to get a great inheritance. Or, in one sense, you might look at it, they got the greatest inheritance because they got to serve God. And there's a great blessing in serving God. And so in one sense, they got the greatest inheritance, but yet at the same time, they got nothing of of everyday practical use. All right, chapter 4. And the Lord spoke unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, Take the sum of the sons of Kohath and from among the sons of Levi, after their families and the house of their families, from 30 years old upward until 50 years old, all that entered into the host to do the work of the congregation. So now, remember, they're numbered from one month old upward. But to enter into service, they have to be 30 years old and they will work in, in the service of the tabernacle until they are 50. So they'll be working for God for, for 20 years and then they retire. And about the only verse that ever talks about retirement is this section here where it starts saying, 50 years old, the, the work in the temple is done. I'd be in trouble because I'm over 50. I wouldn't be able to work in the temple. All right. And this shall be the service of the sons of Kohath in the tabernacle of the congregation and about the, mo the most holy. And when the camp sets forth, Aaron shall come and his sons, and they shall take down the covering veil and the covering of the ark of the testimony and cover the, cover the ark of the testimony with it. And they shall put up thereon the covering of the badger skins and spread it over the cloth holy of blue, and it shall be put in its staves and the table of the showbread, they shall spread the cloth of blue and put on the dishes and the spoons and the bowls and the covers to the, to the cover withal, and the continual bread shall be thereon. And they shall spread upon the, the cloth of scarlet and the cloth of the same of the covering of the badger skins, and they shall put staves thereof. So the Kohath is getting all that holy, holy place and holy of holy stuff. And, and who is it that's covering all this stuff? Did you catch who's covering it? Aaron's sons. Aaron and his sons cover it. And do you know what they're covering it with? Badger, badger skins. skins. At the top, what's underneath the badger skins? Cloth. The colored cloths. All the other layers of the all the other layers of the tabernacle go directly upon them, and then they're all covered with the badger or the porpoise or whatever skin it was. We don't really know what it was which is the top covering, which represents Jesus, that will be the one that covers everything. It's the waterproof, the waterproof layer. 
And it starts out with the Ark of the Covenant being covered, covered with the blue, and then putting in the staves. The Gershonites have got to carry everything that they're carrying with the staves. And you notice on the table of showbread that it's going to have all the dishes and the spoons and the, and the covers and the showbread and everything is going to be stuck on the, on the altar of uh, show, the table of showbread. They're going to cover it with the scarlet cloth, which is the third, the third one up. And they're going to put the staves on it. And they shall take the blue cloth and cover the candlestick with, with the light and his lamps and the tongs and the snuffers and all the oil vessels thereof that they minister. And they shall put it all in the vessels therein and under, in the coverings of the badger skins. And they shall put it upon a bar. So they're going to put a bar, some kind of stave bar on, on all of that stuff. And upon the golden altar, and the golden altar is the altar of incense, they shall spread a cloth of blue and cover it with the covering of badger skins and shall put staves therein. And they shall take all the instruments of the ministry wherewith they minister in the sanctuary and put them in a cloth of blue and cover them with a covering of badger skins and they shall put that upon a bar. And they shall take away the ashes of the altar and spread the purple cloth thereon. And they shall put it upon it, all the vessels thereof and within they minister and even the censers and the flesh hooks and the shovels and the basins and the vessels of the altar and shall be spread upon it the covering of badger skins and they push and put to it the staves. And when Aaron and his sons have made an end of the covering of the sanctuary of all the vessels in the sanctuary as the camp is to set forward, after that the sons of Koath shall come to bear it and they shall not touch any holy thing lest they die these things are to be the burden of the Kohites in the tabernacle of the congregation. So the Kohites come in and they get to handle all the holy, the holy things, the things that are, been, that are used in the day-to-day -day worship. All those things that talked about having the staves in it. And they get to manhandle all of this stuff. They put, they put things in the altar. They put things in the table of the showbread. Notice they didn't put anything in the Ark of the Covenant or the mercy seat. That is, that is not to be filled with all that stuff. And the ones that have to do this are Aaron's sons. They have to tear everything down and cover it. And once they are done doing their part, the children of Kohath come in and they get to carry all of this material. Verse 16, And to the office of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, and the priest pertaineth the oil for the light and the sweet incense and the daily meat offering and the anointing oil and the oversight of the tabernacle and all that is therein in the sanctuary and the vessels thereof. So Eliezer has to carry the oil, him and his sons. He's going to carry the fire because the fire is God's fire and they've got to keep it, keep it hot. Mm -hmm. And the way they would carry, when they traveled in those days, they would put it into a container, the ashes, they'd keep it banked up and they'd keep it at a slow ember. And his job was to keep that and the oil and, and the showbread and all that stuff. He had a very important job. He's the second in line for the, for the office of high priest, and he's got the responsibility of all the day-to-day -day maintenance operation of the, of the... And the Lord spoke unto Moses and Aaron, saying, Cut you not off the tribe of the families of the Kohathites from among the Levites, but thus do unto them that they may live and not die, when they approach unto the most holy things, Aaron and his sons shall go in and appoint them every one to his service and to his burden. 
but they shall not go in to see when the holy things are covered, lest they die. Okay, so the Kohites are in this position where they're dealing with the most holy. And they are to be kept away until everything is ready to go. And then they come in. And if they come in before that, it says they will die. Mm. They're, not, they're not to think, well, we're special. We get to do the Holy of Holies. We get to go in and see them. No, they weren't allowed to see them. Because who's the only ones that are allowed to go into the holy place? Aaron and his sons. Aaron and his sons, the prophets, the priests, rather. The priests are able to go in the holy place. And who's able to go into the holy of holies? Aaron. The high priest, and then only once a year. Now, when they're moving, there's some special rules as they tear things down, and, they, and, and so it probably falls down in such a way that it covers the, the, the ark, where Moses and Aaron are given a special dispensation on that once a year to go in and, and be the ones that cover it. So, we're, but we're looking at this. The Kohites are given very special instructions. You do not go in until, it's, until you're called, basically. We will tell you when you get to come in. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Take also the sum of the sons of Gershon throughout the houses of their father by their families, from thirty years old and upward until fifty years old, shall you number them, all that enter in to perform the service to do the work of the tabernacle of the congregation. This is the service of the families of the Gershonites to the servant and for burdens. They shall bear the curtains of the tabernacle and the tabernacle of the congregation and his coverings and the covering of badger skins that are above it, and the hanging of the doors from the, of the congregation, and the hangings of the cord, and the hanging of the door of the cord, which is by the tabernacle, by, by the altar round about, and their cords, and their instruments, and in their service, and all that is made of them, so shall they serve. So again, we're talking about they're getting all that, all that cloth, all, that, all the skins they're going to be responsible for. At the appointment of Aaron and his sons shall, they, shall all the service of the sons of the Gershonites in all their burden and all their service be, they shall be appointed in them, all their charges. This is the service of the family of the Gershonites of the tabernacle of the congregation, and their charge shall be in the hand of Ithamar, the son of Aaron the high priest. So Gersh, the Gershonites are now under Ith, Ithamar. He's the one that is going to be responsible for the, all the skins and canvases. And he is the one that is in charge of making sure that the Gershonites deal with them correctly. And for the sons of the Merari, you shall number them in the, after their families by, by the house of their fathers from 30 years upward into 50 years old. You shall number them. Everyone that enters into the service shall do the work of the tabernacle of the congregation. And this is the charge of their burden according to their service in the tabernacle of the congregation. The boards of the tabernacle, the bars thereof, the pillars thereof, the sockets thereof, the pillars of the court around about, and their sockets, and their pins, and their cords, and all their instruments, and with all their service, and by their name, you shall reckon the instruments of the charge of their burden, and the service of the families of the son of Mirai, according to their service, is the tabernacle of the congregation, under the hand of Ithamar, the son of Aaron, the priest. So Ithamar has two sections, two groups he's responsible for. The ones that carry all the canvas and the, and the skins and the ones that carry all the boards and the pillars and the sockets. Okay, And Eliezer has responsibility because he's got a big responsibility. Eliezer and his kids have to cover everything before the Gershonites can even come in. So there's a big, big job involved. Verse 34. 
And Moses and Aaron, the chief and the chief of the congregation, numbered the sons of the Kohites and their after their families and after the house of their fathers from 30 years old and upward unto 50 years old. Everyone that entered into the service of the work of the congregation and those that were numbered of them by their family were 2,750. So 2,750 sons of Gershon are actually going to be working of the 7,500 that were counted. Okay, so le less than half of his sons are going to be working in the tabernacle to move it. Okay, yeah. Uh, well, we'll get to the, the Kohites get in trouble later on. These were they that were numbered of the families of the Kohathites, all that might do service unto the tabernacle of the congregation, which Moses and, and Aaron did number according to the commandment of the Lord. And those that were numbered of the sons of the Gershon, throughout their families and by their house and by their families, from 30 years old upward to 50 years old, and they that entered into service of the work of the tabernation, even those that were numbered of them throughout their families of their house, were numbered 2,630. So again, with the Gershonites, you've got the same type of thing. There's The Gershonites had... Um, oh, excuse me. The Gershonites had 7,500, and the, and the Koath had 8,600. So, but still, we've got less than half of, the peop half of their family that are going to work. In this, in this job. These are the number of the families of the sons of Gershon, all that might do service to the Nambu, whom Moses and Aaron did number according to the commandment of the Lord. And those that were numbered of the families of the Merari throughout the families of the house of the fathers were from 30 years old, even into 50 years old, everyone that entered into the service of the work of the tabernacle of the congregation, even those that were numbered of them after their families were 3,200. So the Mira, I have the have the largest number of workers. They also have probably the heaviest and largest number of things to carry, being that they're carrying all those boards that form the walls of everything. Even those that were numbered of them, according to their family, uh, and uh, verse forty-five, these were those that were numbered of the families of the Mira, I, whom Moses and Aaron numbered according to the word of the Lord, at by the hand of Moses. All those that were numbered of the Levites among Moses and Aaron and the chief of the Israel, Israel numbered after their houses and their families of the houses of the father, from 30 years old upward unto 50 years old, everyone that came of service into the ministry, uh, the burden of the tabernacle of the congregation, even those that were numbered were 8,580. So that was the number of Levites out of the 22,000 that actually did work. At this at the start, now how many of those were under 30? Probably a large large group of them. The the majority of the 22,000 left are probably under 30. Handful of elders above above 50, and they kind of get it. They kind of got in pretty nice. They they're above 50, and they're not going to have to do any work ever, other than what they've lived you know grown up. And their children are going to have to do do work because the ones over 50 are already at that retirement age. According to the number, commandment of the Lord, they were numbered by the hand of Moses, everyone according to his service, according to the burden, thus they were numbered of him as the Lord commanded. And we're going to stop there because we've got about only 10 minutes longer and I'm not, not enough time to get started. So we're seeing the order, the organization of the, of the camp, how they're being ordered and how God is saying, 
Each person has a job. They've got a very specific thing to do. So let's go ahead and close in prayer. And Lord, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for just how you order everything and how, how orderly you are. We ask that you be with us and guide us in all that we do this week. In your son's name, amen. Amen.